The Trumpet Daily program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of world peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily program begins right now. My name is Winsome Sears, and I served in the United States Marine Corps. I was the first Republican to win a seat in the House of Delegates in a majority black district since 1865. In the General Assembly, I had a 100% pro-life and pro-Second Amendment record. I became the national chairman of black Americans to reelect President Trump, and we turned out more black voters for any Republican president since Reagan. Now our country's falling into chaos. You know, the voters have spoken, and they have said that they want a different leader. And a true leader understands when they have become a liability. A true leader understands that it's time to step off the stage. And the voters have given us that very clear message. So because does that, does that apply within the Republican Party, Lieutenant Governor, to Donald Trump, that it's time to step off the stage? Yes, a house divided against itself cannot stand, and and indeed that's where we are today. And she she rides the the uh, Trump red wave into power just one year ago, even even referring to getting out the vote for Donald Trump to, in Virginia of all places. She was part of that victory last year for uh, for Yunkin. She they love to ride the red wave when it helps them get into office. And 12 months later, now she meekly submits to the establishment. She's in lockstep with Rupert Murdoch, uh, The View, Mitch McConnell, Chuck Schumer, all of them, all of them, all of them say it together, dump Trump. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on uh, our show today, this is the last show of the week, hard to believe. Friday is already upon us. Of course, you can get to our, uh, our program every day at our website, thetrumpet.com. Just go to thetrumpet.com forward slash live, and it takes you right to the live stream page, also the podcast that we post after the fact if you prefer to listen on demand. Lots to get to on uh, today's show. This is from the Jamaica Observer, uh, again, about a year ago. Uh, it says here, Mrs. Sears faced pushback, not the least from Democratic-leaning compatriots, for her support of Mr. Trump in the high-profile position as national chairman of the Black Republicans for re-election of Trump. She was uh, actively working to get Donald Trump re-elected. And then, of course, they attacked her for this last year when she was running for office. It says here, campaigning with an assault-style rifle, she advocates gun ownership saying it deters crimes, not gun control laws, which won her the endorsement of the National Rifle Association. Not surprisingly, Democrats labeled her as a right-wing extremist. She was attacked two seconds ago. She's attacked as a right-wing extremist. And after yesterday's interview, you can be sure she's the new darling of the media. How did we not see this coming, given what we know in America under attack? The fact that the strategy, the strategy coming into the midterms 
from the rhino Republicans was not to, to win the majority in the House or the Senate. The strategy was to destroy Trump. It's so clear now. It's so obvious. Here she is yesterday on with Larry Kudlow. This is, uh, again, Winsome Sears, clip four. So if the party wants to move on, or some of the parties, such as yourself, Lieutenant Governor, uh, maybe Governor Youngkin feels the same way, uh, but Donald Trump still makes a speech next week that he wants to run for president, what would you think about that? I could not support him. I, I just couldn't because we have seen, for example, in those states where he has endorsed uh, the candidates, in fact, Republicans on the same ticket who he did not endorse overperformed, whereas his candidates totally underperformed. He supported you. He got you into office. That was 12 months ago. Why is it so different now? So different. She's caved in to the pressure from the establishment, and she's not alone. I'm, I'm just singling her out here because uh, there's a pretty compelling contrast that you have between the way she campaigned. I got out more black vote for Donald Trump than anyone since Reagan on the Republican side. And then now she joins the ladies on The View. Now she's with The Wall Street Journal and The New York Times. Now she's with Rupert Murdoch. Now she's with the establishment. It was a refreshing victory watching that play out in Virginia a year ago, considering the bitter affliction the United States was in the midst of. Still, we still are, of course. But you did have to wonder, just judging by some of the statements after Yunkin won, as I say, it's so easy to ride, to ride in there on the Trump wave, and then as soon as you get what you want, then in, in her case, she... She starts talking about love and, and, and a house divided. I mean, some pretty spiritual themes. And, and Donald Trump, I guess, is the one who hates. Donald Trump is the one who causes the division. I mean, you know it's a coordinated attack. When they pull, when they pull Paul Ryan out of the closet, you know this is it. he's got he's establishment through and through. I mean, he's rhino. He's rhino from top to bottom. He's in there. He's supposed to be helping Donald Trump early on in his uh, in his first term. But he didn't he didn't he didn't really help Donald Trump in his administration. Paul Ryan stood in the way of it. I'll show that to you here in just a second. But listen first to Rob Schmidt. He's over at uh, at Newsmax. This is from his monologue last night, clip five. Rupert Murdoch and his allies running the world's most powerful conservative media empire have just four more days to destroy Donald Trump before he announces a 2024 run for president. And today, the mission intensified rapidly. The New York Post this morning has Trump as Humpty Dumpty, the one who couldn't build a wall, they said, and had a great fall and the GOP's, or can the GOP's men, put the party back together again. That's the cover of the Post. Murdoch's other print powerhouse, the Wall Street Journal, from the entire editorial board, Trump is the Republican Party's biggest loser. That's the big headline from the Wall Street Journal. And from the Murdoch's networks, we heard things like this. 
they loved Trump's policies, but they are not interested in four more years of a thin-skinned one-termer who didn't endorse well this go-round. And from the Fox boardroom, where the big decisions are made, the former House Speaker saying things like this. We lost the House, the Senate, and the White House in two years when Trump was on the ballot or in office. And I think we just have some Trump, Trump hangover. I think he's a drag on our, on, our, on our offices and our races. So an all-out assault to kill the MAGA king is upon us. We knew it was coming. Pretty interesting graphic there, by the way. Killing the king. <laughs> think about the, those prophecies in Amos 7, 2 Kings 14. But the real takeaway from this midterm election is that it wasn't, it wasn't, it was easy to get caught up into the Republican versus Democrat um, uh, war, I guess, or, or campaigning. It really wasn't that, was it? It was Republican against the, or rhinos versus Trump, the establishment versus Trump. Here, here they, they bring Paul Ryan out of hiding. He says that when Trump was in office, they lost the House and the Senate. And here they are on the verge of winning the House and even the Senate. As someone tweeted out this morning, you would think, given that the control of the Senate hangs in the balance, you would think McConnell, McDaniel, you would think that, that uh, McCarthy, they would just be camped out in Las Vegas and uh, Phoenix. As it is, you don't hear a peep from them. <coughs> I caught a little bit of CNN uh, last night. CNN now is getting excited because they're finding votes in Las Vegas. Votes for Democrats. The Democrats are gaining. This is all happening on Mitch McConnell's watch. And here it's all about get Trump. Paul Ryan comes out and says, hey, we, we, uh, you know, we took a hit during the Trump years, and I think there's somewhat of a hangover. They're on the verge of winning. And who was it that was out there campaigning at every stop for Republicans in the lead up to the midterms? Was it Mitch McConnell? Did he show up at the rallies? Was it uh, Mc, Mc, McDaniel? Rona McDaniel, the head of the Republican Party? Who's the big draw for Republicans everywhere? This is how Yunkin and uh, Sears won last year. It's unbelievable. These people, speaking of Paul Ryan, listen to this. This is from back in, uh, uh, I think it was at the start of the Trump uh, presidency. So we're talking about April of 2017. And listen to Tucker Carlson grilling him, at, basically just saying, hey, what have you done to help the president who happens to be in your party? Clip eight. So, as you know, we're, we're 47 days into the Trump administration, and really nothing's gone through the Congress. At this point, during the Obama administration eight years ago, they passed all oh, kinds of stuff. I disagree with that. I disagree with that. We've, what are the big pieces of legislation that the, have moved through the Congress? So, so the reason, and we have a 200-day plan, and we're right on schedule with it. No, but right, two I'm just saying, compared to Obama, I'm, I'm getting who got there. big just pieces on a done. Okay. So right now. But how many, how exactly many pieces of legislation have been signed by the president into law? Well, the Senate here, so here's, these are Any? really good questions. These are very good questions. Oh, yeah, we got a few through. This is the 115th Congress. I think you've been in session for less than half of that time. So in April, we checked. 
The House is in session for eight days in April. There's a lot to do. Nothing meaningful really has been. I mean, you could say, I went to a bill signing about coal, but there's a lot of stuff that hasn't been done that he promised and it hasn't made its way through Congress. Not all your fault, obviously, but eight days is not a lot of time to be working in an entire month. Why? Actually, we're, we're, we're producing a lot here. I'm very excited about it. Plan. But in the House, are they the you. reason you're only there for eight days in, in April? What is the no, reason it's just, for that? There's, there's, that? We want to talk to our constituents. We want to go listen to our but constituents. But we have a new, a new administration that can't get anything through the Congress. Shouldn't you put all that on a hold no, and just say, no, we're going to get this done? Eight days is not a lot, right? We're, we're, I, I, I don't know off the top of my head if that's a correct stat or I not. I think that's correct. Okay, well, I'll just, I'll just take your, your word for it. The point is, we're piling up so many things in the Senate that they, they, they're, they're still working on getting these people approved. So mm, That was April of 2017. Even then, even then, Donald Trump had no help, did he? Now, the, event, the people of Wisconsin eventually ran him out of office, or he didn't seek re-election, I guess it was, because he knew. He knew. He didn't want to be, he didn't want to have anything to do with Trump's populism in the United States, so he left. And then yesterday, they bring him out of retirement. And yesterday, he says, yeah, Trump's not popular. Really? That's the narrative, and they're going to stick with it. They are sticking with it. And so you have Donald Trump. He's coming out. He knows what's going on here. And he's had some pretty strong statements about uh, Ron DeSantis even, reminding him, look, don't forget about how you came to power. You rode the Trump wave as well. He wouldn't be in office today. I have wondered why DeSantis has been so quiet, because some of the jabs that Trump has taken, uh, it's a little bit personal. But is, is, who's right? Who's right? Is it Paul Ryan or is it Donald Trump? Is, is Donald Trump, does he have anything to do with how ruby red Florida suddenly is? It was a swing state not that long ago. Now it's ruby red through and through. So Paul Ryan comes out. He says, Trump's the problem. He's got to be dumped. So he's there. He's there all saying the same thing. The Uniparty. Listen to Rob Schmidt again from Newsmax. And again, <laughs> take note of the graphic. Clip six. We pointed out last night in great detail the evidence in what happened in this midterm doesn't really support their narrative, even though they want to push a certain narrative. The machine worked tirelessly for years to make Trump toxic because Washington needed to protect itself. Washington cannot have populism. The machine is way too big to be held to account by the people it serves. This is their country. This is not your country. Republicans were insanely outspent in this election, and in this old broken down version of democracy, money wins. And now Fox News and the Republican Party are basically through fighting back. Rather than fight the woke takeover of American politics, it's easier to capitulate. It's easier to just dump Trump. He's exactly right. It's, easy, it's so easy to capitulate. It's so easy to surrender. And it's so easy to blame Donald Trump. I guess we'll have to start wa watching him now that Fox News has abandoned Trump. There's just a few days before Donald Trump announces, evidently, that he's going to announce he's running for president. And so they are in overdrive trying to destroy him, trying to prevent another run from Donald Trump. And they're all speaking in unison. As I say, that tweet is from Todd Starnes this morning. With control of Congress hanging in the balance, you would think McDaniel, McConnell, McCarthy, that they would be camped out in 
Arizona and Nevada. Look at all of the shenanigans going on yet again. The stealing, the theft. None of that happened in Florida because DeSantis, he listened to Donald Trump. Donald Trump said, hey, I'll help you get in there. But when you get in there, you got to clean it up. There's a lot of cheating that goes on in Broward County and Miami-Dade and some of these big counties, some of these big cities. DeSantis did that. And look at what happened on Tuesday. And then everyone wants to give DeSantis all the credit. Again, Ron DeSantis is a, a sharp leader. He's, he's, he's done a lot of positive things. And so Donald Trump says this week, just remember, here's the history. You barely, sque- you barely squeaked by four years ago. You needed, you needed Donald Trump's help. So the, the, the main takeaway is the swamp or rhinos against MAGA. And meanwhile, meanwhile, the balance of power, it, it's just the control of the Senate is hanging in the balance. Listen to this from, uh, from uh, Maricopa County last night, clip uh, one. Again, when do you anticipate the votes will be counted in total, those 400,000 plus votes? Well, we have, uh, we will be going into next week. There's some onesie twosies, uh, again, pursuant to Arizona law. But I think that we'll see the lion's share here wrap up by early next week. Early next week, can you give me a Day. We're talking Monday or maybe may, may there's some onesie twosies going on. So it's going to take a few extra days. What does that even mean? What's going on? And, and everyone's just nodding along or chuckling. It's kind of funny that it takes so long. I guess it's just funny that it takes more than a week to figure out who won. Carrie Lake's way ahead. They know it. Everyone knows it. Now they're capable of cheating. And uh, the ones who aren't as far ahead, Blake Masters here again, control of the Senate, hanging in the balance. Listen to this report from uh, Clark County, Nevada yesterday. This is clip two. We still have over 50,000 ballots that need to be counted. Those are in various stages in the process of validation before they go to the counting board. And finally, ultimately, they get to tabulation where we're able to read them into the system. We will continue to work through the weekend. Uh, Tomorrow is not a holiday for this office. We will be open. We'll be processing ballots as well as on Saturday. Sunday, if we still have work to do, we will be in here to continue that work. Uh, So there's no weekend for the Clark County Election Department. We'll continue to process. The majority of the mail should be counted in Clark County by Saturday barring any issues with equipment. With the exception of the cure ballots, which I've already mentioned to you, the deadline will be Monday. So they're, they're counting more ballots. They're curing ballots. They're doing everything that they can until Monday, maybe beyond. It takes time to cheat. It takes time to steal an election, especially when you're behind. So what's happening in, it's probably not going to be possible because the lead is so great for Carrie Lake, but what's happening right now in Nevada is a steal. They're, they're stealing the election. This was tweeted out by uh, Washu County in Nevada. It says, we know that our election live stream cameras went dark overnight. And then over at their website, it says here, the live stream computer application lost connection with the courtesy cameras. 
at 11.24 p.m., the evening of November 9th, all staff had left. So this would have been Wednesday night. All staff had left for the night about 60 minutes earlier and did not arrive back at the office until 7 a.m. Connection was restored at 7.53 a.m. the morning of November 10th. So yesterday morning, the connection was restored. But the cameras that invite the public to, to see the transparent process, they went out and they were out all night long. And notice this tweet from uh, someone named David Weigel. Tonight's ballots from Washoe County pushed Democrat Cisco Aguilar into a lead over GOP Secretary of State candidate Jim Merchant, which will hold. It just so happens that yesterday the Democrat in that county, the, 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 the batch that this county turned in, put the Democrat ahead. And the cameras the night before were off. Hello, Mitch McConnell? Anyone? Anyone in D.C.? Anyone in the Senate? Is anyone concerned? It's probably going to happen now to the Senate candidate, Laxalt. He was on with Tucker last night saying that, uh, no, it's going to hold. It's going to be too difficult for them to, to make up the difference. I don't know about that. Listen to the election officials. And then look at some of these tweets. Look at some of the shenanigans. The same kinds of things that were happening two years ago. And the, the establishment said, hey, just walk away from it. There's nothing we can do about it. Look, we're the party of unity and love. We're bringing the country together. They're capitulating. That's what's actually happening. You have to wonder now. <laughs> we're using the benefit of hindsight. But you have to wonder now even about the, the, the red wave and all the polls. Those polls, by the way, in the lead up to the midterms, it was around two, three weeks before where they really started to say, look, this is not just probably going to be a victory for the Republicans, but it's going to be a massive victory. It's going to be a red wave. I mean, we've seen, we've seen instances in years past where, where polls also were politically motivated. I mean, you can see it every time. That's why the Real Clear has the sort of the average, and then you look at the list of all the different polling peoples, and they're they're just all over the map, all over the place. But but they were pretty much in agreement going into the midterms that it was going to be a red wave. And then when the wave wasn't as big as it was supposed to be, Paul Ryan says it's Trump's fault. Mitch McConnell says it's Trump's fault. Paul uh, Murdoch, Rupert Murdoch with the New York Post, with the Wall Street Journal, with Fox News, says it's Trump's fault. Dump Trump. That's now, clearly, that's the, the strategy that they had going in. This is a tweet from someone named Gavin Mario. He says, I cannot believe that Trump only spent $100,000 in Arizona for masters while wasting $9 million in Alaska Senate uh, primary to protect rhino Lisa Murkowski. Oh, wait! That wasn't Trump. That was McConnell. That was McConnell, who only gave $100,000 to Blake Masters and spent millions and spent millions trying to protect Lisa Murkowski, trying to keep her in power, as opposed to the, the candidate that Trump endorsed, who happens to be in the, in the lead, by the way, in Alaska. But because of the crazy runoffs that they have, Murkowski will probably make it through. You, you look at all of this, again, hindsight helps to see things a little bit more clearly, but you look at all of this, and it's a wonder 
that the MAGA candidates did as well as they did. It's a wonder that the House is now controlled by the Republican Party. Here again, who was campaigning for them? All over the country, everywhere. The Washington Examiner says, ad from Karl Rove-founded Super PAC lifts Shapiro to bash Fetterman. So there was this ad going out. Okay, they wanted Oz in there, but Oz is more establishment, for sure. Doesn't come from a political background. Yes, Trump, Donald Trump did throw his support behind him. But the real, the real Trump support, or the real man that, that Trump wanted in there was Mastriano. He was running for governor. So as this article points out, the, this PAC headed up by Karl Rove, or at least started by Karl Rove. He's the great conservative strategist, right? He's a rhino. But he's on, he's on Fox News and all that. But his PAC put together this, this promo or this ad, this political ad, that really took a hit at Fetterman. But in doing that, it lifted Josh Shapiro, who was running against Mastriano. They were, they were presenting Shapiro as if he was tough on crime. Yeah, so yeah, don't vote for Fetterman. But oh, by the way, Shapiro's pretty good. Really? The radical Democrat? So Mastriano ends up losing as does Dr. Oz. We know what happened in Pennsylvania. We know what these blue states are like, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and to some degree, uh, Wisconsin. But you begin to put all of this together after the fact, and wow, when we, when we come back, I'll take you through a, a short piece by, uh, by Sundance over at Conservative Treehouse. He sees it. That's why he's quoted as much as he is in, in America Under Attack. He sees it. Sundance does. Donald Trump sees it. That's why he's coming out fast and furious with all these statements on Truth Social. Look, don't forget about where, don't forget about your roots, he's saying to some of these Republicans. Don't forget about how you got into power in the first place. Next week ought to be interesting if, in fact, Tuesday is the day he announces he's running for president. Anyway, to get the, the book, America Under Attack, our 800 number if you're in the U.S., Canada, Caribbean, it's 1-866-930-3024. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. The Trumpet Daily. What has happened to the United States of America? The wealthiest, most powerful nation in human history is suddenly divided, weakened, radical. The evil in America has grown powerful. The good has grown weak. The honorable parts of American history are succumbing to a direct, targeted, sustained assault. Someone, something is dismantling America's history, purpose, and character. Fundamentally transforming the United States of America. Political dysfunction, social strife, economic peril, catastrophic moral failure, fires, attacks, riots, lies. The nation is being attacked from within by its own leaders. Powerful elites in government, journalism, academia, and beyond are intentionally, rapidly destroying what America is in order to make it into something else. There is a reason why your nation is crumbling before your eyes. There is a spirit and a specific perpetrator that is attempting to blot out America. Only America Under Attack reveals that perpetrator and the motive and spirit behind him. This newly expanded book shows you the reason why America has changed so dramatically, so suddenly. 
If you're confused and concerned about what is happening to America, request your free copy of America Under Attack by Gerald Flurry at thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily. Listen to this, uh, this piece from uh, Sundance at Conservative Treehouse. He says, President Trump can see and hear the same things everyone else can see and hear, including the coordinated media and GOP effort to diminish him and the MAGA movement within the Republican club. It says, the Democrats and professional Republican class both want to see the populist movement destroyed for the same reason Mitch McConnell wanted the Tea Party destroyed in 2010. The assembly of united middle class and blue collar base inside the Republican Party, essentially the broad MAGA movement, represent a main street threat to Wall Street control at the GOP. The professional political class, both DNC and RNC club members, politicians and donors, want to get back to normal political business operations in D.C. The key element at the core of their concern is financial and economic control. Again, there are trillions at stake. It's about control. And there's trillions of dollars at stake here as well. And Trump came in promising to blow it up. He represents an existential threat. So it's not enough to beat him at the polls. It's not enough to beat him at an election. You've got to destroy him. And what's really sick here is when you look at Republicans, you don't think, you don't think Trump derangement syndrome is real? When a Republican sees what the radical left, the communist left, is doing to this nation, to the United States, destroying the economy, forcing woke policies on through, surgery on little kids for transgenderism, there are actually rhinos that would prefer the Democrat win instead of a MAGA Republican. They're that deranged in their thinking. It's, as that one commentator says, Schmidt on, on Newsmax, it's just easier to surrender to the forces of the radical left, to go ahead and agree with them, to not, to not you know, kick up any dust, just go along. It says here, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has been positioned as the intended recipient for the disenfranchised MAGA movement's support. If they can just get President Trump out of the equation, and exploit the vulnerability in his absence. It says, however, all previous efforts to shake the bond between President Trump and the MAGA movement have failed. All previous efforts to dump Trump, to destroy Trump, have failed. And this one will too. It's just really interesting to me that, Don, that uh, DeSantis has been so quiet with respect to Trump. I mean, in some ways, I guess it, it would probably suit him better to not get involved but what, what is he thinking at this time? He, he knows what's going on. And, and you could argue whether or not he's more establishment or more uh, MAGA. But whatever's happening, he knows he wouldn't have gotten in there were it not for Trump. And he knows that this is a coordinated effort to destroy Trump. Using the 2022 midterm election control, they are pounding the wedge harder now with increased ferocity and urgency to break the bond. President Trump isn't pretending. He's targeting Florida Governor Ron DeSantis because President Trump, like us, can clearly see the nature of the construct 
that has been manufactured to oppose the MAGA movement. This is a fight for the future of the Republican Party. And so going in, and you saw it in the way that they backed certain candidates, the Republican Party, and the way that they, they didn't back other candidates. It wasn't about beating the Democrats. It was about beating Trump. Listen to this. I don't know too much about Representative Van Drew, but he's on with Maria Bartiromo, clip seven. I want to make this clear, and I make this clear to my Republican colleagues and friends. This is no time to be soft or vague or, or anything like that. This is a time to be strong. This is a time to speak out. Yeah. This is a time to investigate. This is the time to really stand up and be tough. I, there's nothing worse than a... The only thing literally yeah. worse than a Democrat is a weak Republican. We need strong Republicans, and we need them to stand up and fight. There really are some, uh, some parallels with what happened in God's church back in the late 80s, early 1990s. So, in fact, the Laodiceans are characterized as being lukewarm. They're weak. They, weak, they, they just caved in. All those doctrinal changes that were being forced upon the church, and, and so many, even in the ministry, just went along. They didn't stand up to it. We've, of course, made this point before, the importance of courage it's one of the most important virtues there is, my father says in Malachi's message, because if you don't have courage, well, how are you going to even fight for so many of the other godly virtues? We have to have the courage to, to make a stand. God says about the Laodiceans, I, I just want to spew you out of my mouth. It's so sickening, this weakness, this lukewarmness. I wish you were either cold or hot. I wish you stood up for something. Look at these weak, as he says, the only thing worse than these radical Democrats are weak Republicans who won't stand against them. They love the Washington cocktail parties, Democrat, Republican alike, the Uniparty. They're all together. They're all establishment. They're all in on it. They're all making money hand over fist. They're, they're, they're motivated by self-interest. And when someone comes along and says, no, the people outside of D.C. are actually the boss. They're in control. They're, they're the ones that, that uh, hire us, as Carrie Lake often says. But the establishment, the swamp, the deep state, they don't want that. They want control. They want control. And as I said yesterday, in the case of Mitch McConnell, he's, he's happier being the minority leader than leading a majority in the Senate. If, it, if, that were me, if that were to mean he had to lead all these MAGA uh, senators that might threaten his position. So much weakness and, and really betrayal. That's what we're seeing here again. They happily ride the red wave into power. I mean, think about gaining control of the House. And this whole week we've been hearing it's as if the, the Republicans got crushed. They've got control of the House. If they fought for Nevada, they'd have control of the Senate. But they won't do it. They won't do it. They're weak. It'll play out the way God wants for it to play out. We're not concerned about one way or the other. But you, you, you take note of this weakness. That's not the kind of strength that God's looking for. The strength to, if you can even say it that way, to capitulate, to give in, to surrender 
God wants us to be strong. Notice what my father writes in the new throne of David. He says, what this man did, or but consider this, what this man did shows not only his satanic intent, but also the spiritual weakness of the people. They were not on fire for God's truth. This is, again, what happened in the church going back three decades plus. They deluded themselves into thinking that their half-hearted dedication was enough to save them. But when this evil man came along and cast the truth to the ground, he was able to cut off many people. It takes more than just smooth-sounding words or religious-sounding platitudes. It says, before Mr. Armstrong's death, the WCG leaders acted as though they were committed to the work. Yeah, it's all about the work. Well, we've made a few changes here, here and there, a few modifications, but no, we're, we're pro-Mr. Armstrong. They appeared righteous. They talked so seriously about obeying God. They said so many heroic things. But when he died, when Mr. Armstrong died, their, their real fruits were revealed. One thing we're seeing this week, <laughs> one, one thing that certainly stands out this week is you're, you're seeing everyone come out of the woodwork and their real colors are being revealed and exposed. They're, they're rushing. So many of these Republicans are rushing to the microphone and proving by their actions, by their statements, that they're weak, that they, that they actually oppose Donald Trump with every fiber of their being, as I say, for Mike Pence to have his op-ed ready to go. Just the, the moment the midterms are over, here you go, here you go, Washington Post or wherever it was printed. I'm ready. I got my op-ed. I'm a good alternative. Paul Ryan comes out of nowhere. Now he's making statements on behalf of the Republican Party. He speaks for the Republican Party now. Not Donald Trump. It's Paul Ryan. And then when it comes to Nevada, when it comes to Arizona, when it comes to the, the control over the Senate hanging in the balance, right now, hmm? Mum's the word. Don't want to get involved in that. We'll let Nevada sort that out. Let the crooked election officials in Clark County sort that out. Well, they're doing it. Let's just move on. We'll hear it. Next week, we'll hear that. When they steal a Senate seat, then we'll hear, well, look, it's time to move on and to think about 2024. And Oh, by the way, it can't be Trump. Trump! He can't be a part of 2024. These are never Trumpers that are obsessed with never Trump. That's all they think about. That's how they campaign. Really. I mean, they say one thing out front. I'm all for this. I, you know, they sound righteous on the, on the outside. But, but, but you close those doors and they start working against Donald Trump. My father concludes here, in this crisis, their real character manifested itself. Overnight, these men turned away from all the truth that God had revealed to Mr. Armstrong, and they left God. It's amazing that they could stand up and preach for all those years and then just get up and walk away, in some cases for nothing more than a paycheck. Well, for a lot of them, it was about money and power. Hold on to their positions. You know, don't stand up to the the rebellion against God's truth, the rebellion against God's government. Just go along. Keep getting your paycheck. Keep, keep holding on to that office. My father has a section in the last hour book 
on uh, the sin of neutrality. You know, all these people, when we were fighting over mystery of the ages, that just stood on the sideline because they didn't want to get into the fight. They didn't want to have to roll up their sleeves and actually fight the Worldwide Church of God in court, obviously, to litigate this, to get the rights to print Mystery of the Ages and Incredible Human Potential and The Missing Dimension in Sex and The Wonderful World Tomorrow book and all of the correspondence course lessons and all of the booklets. We fought for those. It was a six-year, it was a grueling six-year battle. We had to stand up and fight for the truth. You always have to fight to hold on. That's why there's so many biblical admonitions that say, hold on, stand fast, be firm, stand against the devil, draw near to God and he'll flee from you. I mean, even that word flee in 1 Corinthians 6, I think it is, Paul says, flee fornication, flee idolatry. The, the other meaning of this, you can study into the Greek word on your own time, but besides running away from sin, obviously, like Joseph did with Potiphar's wife, he just got out of there. He didn't want to see how close he got to the, the edge of the cliff without falling over. Just get away from it. But the other meaning there to that word flee is to fight. To fight against those carnal impulses. To fight against carnal nature, Satan-inspired nature. We've got to resist against it. Or else we'll just go along. And it'll eventually those compromises will destroy us. My father says in the last hour, none of these Laodicean members who left the WCG rallied to our support in that court case. Generally, in their actions, they remained neutral. Where are the Republicans rallying to the support of Donald Trump? To, to the policies of Donald Trump. You have four years of it to compare with Joe Bama. And these people are actually getting behind Joe Bama, quietly, behind the scenes, but still. They're getting behind Barack Obama. They support, I guess, if they're, if they're more happy for a Democrat to win in some of these races than the MAGA Republican, then if we're to judge by fruits, they're, they're happier to support the policies of Barack Obama than a MAGA candidate. That's what it amounts to. It's so clear when you look at the fruits. It's so clear when you look at their actions or lack thereof. It says here, we've already entered into... Let me just skip ahead. I believe God used the copyright victory to show clearly who the very elect are and who the many antichrists are. That victory also manifested who were the Laodiceans, those members of God's church who didn't come to help us in our court battle. The Laodiceans, well, further on, it says God is judging his people. But anyway, you get the point. He says the dispute over this, this, this book, Mystery of the Ages, here it is. I mean, we have it now. No other church has this. We have it. We give it away freely. You can call our operators. This was Mr. Armstrong's master work, written and put together in the last year of his life, 1985. It's not outdated at all. It just explains the Bible, basically. It helps you understand the Bible. The 800 number, 1-866-930-3024. During that six years of litigation, I mean, you, it was very clear where everyone in God's church stood. As I say, that... <laughs> The parallels here are striking. 
You, you, it's as if, as if it wasn't clear enough going into the midterms. It's pretty clear now where everyone stands. Rupert Murdoch, Fox News host, the New York Post, the Wall Street Journal, they're not concerned about Nevada. It's just dump Trump. They're not concerned about them finding or curing ballots in Clark County. It's just dump Trump. Trump, oh, get Trump. That's the, that's the strategy. That was the midterm strategy. The dispute in the court case over Mystery of the Ages was one war arena where people could clearly see who were the Antichrists and who fought for Christ and for his truth. See, God wants to know. He wants to see where we stand. It says in 2 Thessalonians 2, he sent strong delusion so that he could see who loved the truth. So here comes this delusion. There's a lot of delusion in the world today. There's a lot of delusion in our nation today. And uh, God wants to see. God wants to see where we stand. We stand with God, of course. God's family, God's people stand with God. But there are certainly prophecies of God. And, and yes, Donald Trump and Barack Obama, they do factor into those prophecies. And what does it say about Jeroboam in 2 Kings 14? It says he has no helper. No help. God says it's bitter affliction. And God intervenes. Not some man. Not some party. Not some group. Not, not a religious uh, group or organization of some kind. It says God intervenes to save Israel by the hand of Jeroboam. When we come back, we'll conclude today's show with some email feedback that's been coming in over the last couple of weeks. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is The Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. The Trumpet Daily. Are we living in the last days? Some dismiss the notion as fanatical, but world leaders and news analysts are issuing warnings that are becoming more and more dire. Could Bible prophecies about the last days actually be accurate? Our brochure can help guide you through the relevant news and history and help you compare these events to what the Bible says. Are we living in the last days? This brochure is available for free right now at thetrumpet.com. The Trumpet Daily some uh, viewer feedback to get through here. If you'd like to submit some feedback, you can email the show, td at thetrumpet.com, and maybe we'll read your comment on the air. This one here says, The thought occurred to me after the Tuesday episode that whenever Stephen is unable to get to a Bible study, that the entire show is nonetheless a Bible study of sorts. Well, that kind of happened today. I did have a little chunk especially set aside for the Bible study, but uh, you think about some of the themes and, and, and uh, topics that we got into in the first and second segment, and 2 Kings 14. I know in some ways it's like a, a broken record when you, get, when you get, get into what is happening in Manasseh at this time. But those prophecies regarding Jeroboam and Antiochus, I mean, they are so specific, and they do give us so much insight into where we are and where we're headed as well. It says here, how I come to this conclusion is that because his presentation is typically so full of news snippets, 
from which he must uh, necessarily provide biblically-based exposition that the broadcast becomes a kind of confirmation study, taking what is learned from Bible study and seeing how it then applies in live time. It says, in this way, we, the viewers, should never feel cheated from his expert edification. Nice feedback. Appreciate that. Another one here says, fantastic show on Monday. Great humor, great news, great Bible study. Thank you. I'm trying to remember what we talked about on, uh, on Monday's show. This one here says, just when the advisor to King Nebuchadnezzar, Almighty God, uh, just like with the advisor to King Nebuchadnezzar, Almighty God will confound the plans of all those who plan evil. He is our head who rules. Well, we've even touched on that this week. I think it was yesterday's study. The fact that God reigns supreme, the fact that God's purpose stands, God's purpose goes forward. There is a purpose, as Churchill said, there's a purpose being worked out here below. And it's nothing for God to just shove something a little bit to the right or a little bit to the left, to remove mountains, like it says in Zechariah 4, for the work's sake. This viewer writes, with all this new evidence being provided and the alteration of what was originally given, it still leaves the understanding of what took place that night as clear as mud. It's talking about the, the Pelosi attack, you know, that, that attack that, that was supposed to change everything in the run-up to the midterms. So many, so many storylines in the lead-up to and now after the, the midterms. You can hardly keep up with everything. The lies, the deception. It says, I have read Dr. Seuss books that are more believable and coherent <laughs> than, what, than what is being reported by these city officials and the media. If you're going to feel, uh, feed us a story, you need to put in more effort or at least consult Ben Rhodes before going public with it. Keep up the great work, and you are all in my prayers. Ben Rhodes, remember, he was the, the fiction writer, right? He's perfect for Obama's administration, a perfect right-hand man for Obama. Hey, let's write some fictitious material and create narratives. And remember Ben Rhodes? He said, and the, the journalists, they're so stupid. They're so shallow. This was Obama. This is the way he viewed the, the media. He looked upon them with disdain. And in fact, he went after them. If they, if they did anything like leak information, he'd prosecute them, put them in prison. She's saying, though, that at least Ben Rhodes... Uh, put together things that were a little bit more believable than some of the storylines that were coming out after the hammer attack. Another one here says, it's getting insaner and insaner. The communist left, uh, like their head, is pulling out all the stops. The only truth they know is whatever serves them best at the moment. It says, praise God for his uncompromisable, eternal, never-changing, absolute truth. Continue proclaiming that truth with all the means God has given, and may he give us more. Thank you for today's physical renewal. Another one here says, how fortunate I was to tune into KPCG for Trumpet Hour on a rare occasion this morning. Then later, as usual, into the trumpet.com slash or forward slash live for the Trumpet Daily to hear Brent Noctegall report live from Jerusalem on the election news in Judah. This was uh, a little over a week ago. 
What an invaluable resource that man is for God's church and work. Of course, it goes without saying, uh, though it shouldn't, that both of you, he's speaking of me and, and Joel Hilliker, are fantastic hosts of your respective unique and invaluable shows. Appreciate that. Again, another one here says, you covered all aspects of the Paul Pelosi story and covered them perfectly. It seems like, it seems like almost a, a half a year ago, <laughs> the Paul Pelosi story. That's just the way it is with the news, the news cycle. It's hard to keep up with. It says here, uh, had to laugh during a lot of today's detective work. What else can you do? It's not actually funny, but wow, twisted lies, twisted situation. Satan is so vicious. We see that every day, don't we? Satan is so vicious. He's so destructive. He's just bent on destroy, destroy, a conquer, overwhelm the enemy. And he does. He does that with quite a lot of success. And he'll overwhelm us if we don't stand against it. If we don't stand up and fight for the truth. This one comes from England. It says, my question is, could it be that America and Britain, America, Britain, and Israel will have former leaders come back? I think this was right before Boris Johnson decided not to come back. Of course, we know Bibi's back in Israel, and we know Donald Trump's coming back. So some pretty good insight here. Who knows what Boris... I mean, UK, they're having elections every few months, almost like Israel, it seems. This one says, appreciated the timely show today. So much is happening. Without the TD, how would we keep God's perspective in such, dar in a, in such a dark and, and changing world? It says, the Bible study just seemed to be an extension of my own this morning and, and a great addition to what the challenges of being back from the feast forced to... Uh, forced to the front of my spiritual plate this morning. It says, thanks so much. It truly feels like the same mind of the Spirit like we had during the feast. Keep up uh, the good work. One last one here. This one says, your opening statement on Wednesday's show came at a perfect time for me. You spoke about how the attack on the church is the exact same attack on the U.S. today. I just finished reading Raising the Ruins. Wow. The book was a wonderful and detailed explanation exposing those who tried to blot out the truth. I had a roller coaster ride when it came to my emotions. Thank you for this book. Well, you can uh, order that book, Raising the Ruins, or Mystery of the Ages. I've referred to this one today. The Last Hour had some quotes from that. The New Throne of David, uh, America Under Attack, obviously. The 800 number, if you live in the States, Canada, Caribbean, it's 1-866-930-3024. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show. We appreciate you joining us all week, and we'll see you next time.